Let's Be Nerds, episode number 41. I'm your host, Stephen J, and with me today, I have Gordon, Eric, Dylan, and Tiffany, and we are presenting another one of our multi-topic episodes where everybody brings a little something to the table for everyone to learn about and react and respond to. I think we have some pretty interesting topics to go over today, uh, but let's start with seeing how everyone's doing. Gordon, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm wide awake right now, full of energy. I've had like five donuts from a great little bakery nearby here, and I'm ready to go. Awesome. Gotta love the uh, sugar high, not so much the sugar crash. Um, Tiff, how are you? I'm great. Good evening. Good. good. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Er- Eric, my friend, how are you? <clears throat> We're doing good tonight. Excellent. Mr. Dylan, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Finally took some time to enjoy some new tea. So I'm excited to hear about it. With with that being said, um, Eric, I want to jump over to you first. Uh, you are going to break down the new Wi-Fi for us and kind of give us a little frame of reference onto that. So if you are ready, then why don't you tell us what you got? Sounds good. Uh, So I decided for the multi-topic here to uh, discuss Wi-Fi. And uh, before we really jump into it, that we need to lay down the uh, information of there are two major parts to the Internet and Wi-Fi. So you have a modem and you have a router. They are two different things, but they can be in the same housing. But... We're not talking about the modem portion. The modem is what creates the internet. It takes the information from your internet service provider, makes internet. That's not Wi-Fi. The router creates Wi-Fi, and that's what we're going to be talking about mostly. So that being said, we're going to get into what we call, uh, what IT people would call Wi-Fi with their um, designations. And they go by 802.11-something. Uh, 802.11ac was Wi-Fi 5, which is what most people run on right now, what most people's wireless routers produce is Wi-Fi 5. The newest that has just come out is uh, 802.11ax. That is Wi-Fi 6. They decided to easily brand them with uh, uh, 5 and 6, just so it's easier for the consumer to look at a product instead of remembering oh, which one's newer, A or X or G or N. So they they just put Wi-Fi 6 on things as a marketing. Makes life a little bit easier for everybody. Makes sense. But, yeah. I mean, if you're not really into this sort of thing, you're, you're not looking for that 802.11 code. You're just looking for what's the What's the newest one? That's Wi-Fi 6. But um, Wi-Fi 6 came out in 2019. Uh, it's not super new, but the technology being used in it is pretty awesome. Uh, how they 
are able to allow these new routers to communicate to wireless devices. Uh, one of the major upgrades with Wi-Fi 6 from Wi-Fi 5 uh, was to allow more devices to communicate at the same time. Uh, and there's a little bit of a byproduct of, yes, it's going to be a whole lot faster for everybody. But that wasn't the main reason for the upgrade. It is so that in like very high traffic areas, very popular areas like public Wi-Fi's, they are now able to have more devices communicate at the same time. So, like, if you ever go to, like, the mall or uh, any sort of diner and you try and get on their Wi-Fi and it's super crap, that's because they're using an old style of router and it's it's bogging down their system. They can't handle it. So, with this new Wi-Fi 6, it can handle more devices. And that is due in part of... Uh, a couple things that they've put in here. They put in an OFDMA, and I'll get to <laughs> kind of what this stuff is, uh, and a um, MU-MIMO. So an OFDMA reduces latency within your wireless network. Uh, I guess the best way I can kind of describe this one is the way Wi-Fi 5 works is Let's say you have three devices on your network, and one thing wants to communicate and update like your Twitter feed. The next device wants to uh, stream Netflix, and the other one wants to stream our podcast because I want to give us some selfish, selfless plugs on that one. Uh, <laughs> so the router before would only send one bit of information to one device at a time. And, I mean, we're talking about milliseconds here, and we're talking about rather large packets of information. So your Twitter feed would update fully, and then it would go down to the Netflix, and it would throw that a huge chunk, and it would download that, and then it would go down to the Spotify or Audible, whatever and then do a, give that a big chunk. So it would only hit one device at a time, moving down through. Hmm. With uh, the new OFDM, it is now able to communicate to all three of those devices. I'm just using three because it's an easy number. But it can communicate to three devices, you know, those three devices, all at the same time. So whenever the router speaks, it sends out signal to all the devices at the same time rather than just one at a time and that's kind of how uh the mu mima works it is a multiple it's, it stands for multiple user multiple input multiple output so now instead of the original wi-fi 5's version of mu mimo uh it could only handle five devices at one time doing that whole all five devices communicate all at the same time that that's now gone away they're able to use uh send information to multiple devices at the same time as up to 12 devices 12 devices can be can be communicating all at the same time and this is super important because 
nowadays you don't really realize how many wireless devices are on your network like obviously we have our cell phones our computers our laptops or tablets but then there's also those little things like um smart home things like smart light bulbs smart power outlets smart switches uh even your i've even seen there's a uh, smart fridges and just ridiculous things like that where you can be like uh, hey siri what's What's in the fridge? Am I low on milk? And it'll send you an update to your phone. And so you'll be like, yeah, you're almost out of milk, guy. Go get more milk. So <clears throat> all those little things are on your network, and it's slowly bogging it down with the old Wi-Fi 5. But with Wi-Fi 6, it's able to have all these devices communicate all at the same time with almost no latency. It is. It's, it's quite the uh, upgrade. Uh, another, there, there's so many fun things that we have to cover in this. So, um, a new thing as well is they're concentrating more on de- beam forming from the antennas. So, rather than your old router just being like generating Wi Fi in a sphere, like a, uh, like a basketball, the new Wi Fi 6 routers are going to. It's going to directionalize the Wi-Fi. It's going to see where there's more Wi-Fi usage in the house, and it's going to start directing signal to those rooms. Um, whether that be actually physically tuning the antennas in its router, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some brands might be a little bit different, but it will start to recognize the patterns of where more Wi-Fi is being used. So hmm. it's, it's going to help out with that. And as, um, as devices are not communicating in the Wi-Fi, so let's say you, know, you have two phones. One's communicating right now. One is uh, streaming YouTube. But the other one's just kind of sitting in your pocket not doing anything. Well, mm-hmm. this new router knows, oh, okay, this phone that is streaming YouTube right now needs to have signal right now. So it's going to communicate to it. But the one that's not doing anything, it's going to actually deactivate the wireless antennas inside of the device, saving battery life in it, which is super cool because you don't need to have those antennas on all the time if you're not uploading or downloading anything. I, That'll be neat to see. I was going to say that, yeah. I'm following you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Can you do the car did example? I, did I lose everybody yet? No. Oh, I, yes. Because I just think for our listener, this car example, when you were explaining it to me in person privately, this really helped me understand it. So for those of you that are listening that maybe are having a little tr- trouble following, I think this would be a, a good example. Okay, so with the original Wi-Fi 5, um, you had to, your devices had to wait for other things to, communi- to communicate. That's with that old school OFDMA and the uh, M user, uh, multiple user thing. So the, the comparison I gave to Steve the other day, well, whenever we met about this, um, was let's say you have... Super nice, super fast Ferrari. And that's the latest iPhone that's out there. And 
You're cruising down this road. The road's Wi-Fi. But it's only a two-lane road. Sending and receiving information. Okay. So you're cruising down this road, and there's a car parked in your lane. So instead of, you know, just barreling out around it, you look ahead and you see there's another device coming. So your router sees that there's another device on the Wi-Fi trying to communicate. Unfortunately, that other car that is trying to communicate on the network is an old Datsun or an old Dodge Neon that is just a crap box. (laughs) (laughs) Some sort of Nissan. And uh, it is... It's super slow, and that is compared to a um, like an old iPod or a very old tablet that can't access the same amount of speed as your brand new iPhone or brand new Galaxy phone. So your super fast, awesome phone car, quote unquote, has to stop and wait for that other device to communicate on the Wi-Fi. So once that old old device, that legacy device communicates, you're now able to get you're now able to communicate on that network. So by having legacy devices on your older Wi-Fi is actually slowing down your very new, very powerful devices. So keep that in mind as well. But Wi-Fi 6 is also going to help fix that. Because it's going to not only widen this road, widen this pipe for Wi-Fi data, but it is also going to start sectioning off little bits of this road, this pipe, so that it, it'll take little sections of this Wi-Fi signal and just relegate it to legacy devices or things that don't communicate as fast. You know, things that don't need to communicate as quickly or as often. So that's really going to help speed things up. You'll notice a major difference with that. So it's almost uh, it's almost like every time they're moving up with the improvements on Wi-Fi, they're kind of um, getting a better filter for it almost. Yes, they are... They realize that they can't force client devices to be better so they have to make their devices work better with the client devices and a client device being a cell phone laptop your personal wi-fi device there's always going to be somebody out there that sticks to their you know all right let's go with this one dies on their hill of it's not broke why do i need to get a new one this iphone 4 is perfectly fine i don't know why everybody's trying to get me to get a new one and it's really slowing down the whole world. They're just being stubborn. Okay. Hmm. So, I don't know if uh, if I'm over on my allotted amount of time yet, or well, can we do like the Q and A section? Yeah, let's do that. Um, <clears throat> so this is just for people that are listening at home that are now interested in Wi-Fi six. How does one go about figuring out what they're using versus, like, potentially, is it, like, an equipment-based upgrade, or what would the person at home take, like, what steps would they take? Um, Most people will uh, be using the equipment that their internet service provider gives them Mm -hmm. for whatever fee or whatever that is. Um, 
And most of that stuff is going to be last year's tech. You know, it's not going to be... Wi-Fi 6 is still super expensive in a residential application. Okay. Uh, you can buy Wi-Fi 6 routers, you know, and mostly all client devices now that have been coming out since at least 2018 or 19 are Wi-Fi 6 capable. Okay. And But that doesn't mean that they're not Wi-Fi 5 capable. They're just able to access at Wi-Fi 6 speeds and technology. But, when that becomes um, more available. Correct. You're going to see more Wi-Fi 6 being deployed in much larger areas like uh, uh, malls, uh, factories, places that need to have more devices hooked up. And uh, that was also one of the things I forgot to touch on is like an automated factory where uh, it's like 50 or 60 machines, they all need to update all at the same time, sending information saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Oh, no, I'm broken. These, you know, All these machines have to communicate on the network. You know, like, this guy's logged into this one, this guy's logged into this one. There's nobody logged into me. Where's this guy at? And that's how uh, you know, all those devices need to communicate on the network. Okay. So that's probably where we're going to see with the most um, deployment in this Wi-Fi 6. Hmm. Okay. Does anybody else have any questions for Eric regarding Wi-Fi 6? You think Wi-Fi 7 will be in our brains? <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of is and about... isn't a legitimate question. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no. Um, there is talk about Wi-Fi 6E and that just adds another band to Wi-Fi. Um, it's adding the six gigahertz bandwidth, but uh, it's, it's adding the bike lane. Yeah, it's adding another bike lane. Well, it's actually acting, act, actually add, act, adding like a rocket ship lane, which is that's even better. Rocket bikes, yeah. crack rockets. <laughs> but this lane is for a brain ship that Elon Musk is coming out with. Yes, Mr. Muff, he's going to be he's going to be interesting. All right, Rob, <laughs> let's let's do this right now. Who among us would do Neuralink? Yes. I probably uh, would to be honest. I know I shouldn't, but I probably would anyway. Tiff. I don't I don't know. It's a little too personal. Thank you. In my head. <laughs> I you. share my thoughts without a worry in the world, so screw it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I also... haven't been arrested yet for what I say. Is I whatever I think they um, can't get me for that. I don't think I need it. I think for, like un unfortunately, I have that face where like most people can see what my thoughts are already, and they look at me and they're like, "Stop before you start." So I feel like I'm already halfway there, and that's a little too much. <laughs> Eric, what about you? A narrow link. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well. Seeing as anytime you're on Facebook and it's like, oh yeah, what flavor Jolly Rancher am I? You take that and it's kind of already profiling you, so <laughs> I think that's already here. I, uh, I'll be honest, it, it, it does not sit right with my soul. Like the idea of, you know, being able to 
like I, listening to interviews, it's like the idea of being able to order an interview or God, an interview, an Uber with like, how did I get from interview to Uber? God, but uh, being able to order an Uber or things like that, just from that connection. I, I don't know. I don't like it. I think we're taking convenience to like an, a very, very bizarre extreme. I can so tell you, like me and Gordon said happens. yes right away because we've watched way too much anime. I definitely and, don't have something in a Kickstarter for a half-dive device that I can lie down in bed and play VR games with. And you haven't sent me this link, Gordon? Disappointment. It, it ended and it was way too much money. Oh. Oh yeah, that's a Kickstarter for you. So you would be like, that would be a great technological advancement in your mind is being able to do virtual reality in a position where you could like lay in bed um in a perfect world in my um well i guess i shouldn't say a perfect world in a, in a dystopian type world um probably ripping this from the anime sao sword art online i want to be able to be anywhere put on the headset and it i have full control with my mind of the character I'm playing in game and that it pretty much puts me in like, a, I think it's would be like a REM sleep and my consciousness would be technically controlling a video game character instead of myself. That is absolutely terrifying. Oh, I absolutely know. Isn't it? Awesome. So Tiff, to answer your question, the neuro, if you're, are you up on the neuro link about how they're marketing towards people with injuries? No, actually. So this is, I mean, and I'm, I'm really curious. So like, feel free, anybody to jump in. If I get anything incorrect. People with injuries. So what it is, is they're marketing it up front as essentially a chip or an installation in your body that they predict that people that are wheelchair bound, oh. it will circumvent the wiring based on like, you know, accidents or injuries, like, spinal damage or brain damage essentially this chip is going to be designed for that group of people first to be able to allow people to walk overcome injuries etc absolutely beautiful advancement in modern medicine combining technology into but the back end of that is that's how they're getting funding that's how they're presenting it but there's a lot of talk that the end game is that everybody would have one regardless, and it wouldn't just be for if you're physically disabled, and that it would essentially be like, you know, we lived in the time of the invention of the, the mobile phone, that this is its natural progression to being something in your brain that allows you to basically have the, your, the capabilities of your phone in your brain. Okay, so you say this, and I'm my brain immediately is going to. Was there not an episode? Does that, I don't know if anybody has watched it. If it's even still on net, I'm sure it's still on Netflix, but I don't know if there's new episodes. I know what you're yeah. gonna say. Is it yep. Black Wit Black Widow Black Mirror Black Mirror Black Mirror? Yep. And then there was also a Amazon Prime show. Oh my gosh, I have to Google this because I'm not sure what it's called, but it's exactly what you're describing. It's people that are like bed bound or, you know, wheelchair bound or anything. And 
it is a show of like oh, hold on a second you guys can talk and i'm gonna google this because this is actually extremely relevant and important to me <laughs> well so another thing that comes to mind since we're talking about tv shows with it amazon had a tv show where basically your subconscious and your soul was loaded into a chip and uh altered carbon oh i know i that was a great show and it is fantastic they have a second season and i think they did an animated movie they did i didn't see the animated movie but altered carbon pretty much it's a very interesting take on the future and i really like it because basically the human body is just a sleeve now that's interchangeable and basically the human is just a little disc that gets slotted into the back of the head so people can be like thousands of years old and you can go into any body any gender up anything the bodies can be upgraded for certain things they showed examples of that in the animated movie which was fantastic by the way gordon i highly recommend watching it it was a very entertaining watch i'll put it on my list but um it's an interesting thing with with how much is going into wi-fi like eric was explaining how far away some of these things actually are because they only share so much they don't share everything yeah we're we're pretty far off from that but it's not not out of the realm of possibility which is insane yeah in all honesty it's crazy like you like you commented shaking like a chihuahua my brain is bouncing around like I've drank 12 cups of coffee at just the thought of certain things like that. The fact that someone could sit down and think of it ahead of time means there's a couple thousand to a million other people who had the same thought. And with that many people thinking on something like that, it pushes things to happen. Yeah, it could push us a couple steps closer to being less of an independent society and more of like a hive mind just imagine what we could get done if we all work together at least mentally we all wore hawaiian shirts if we all wore hawaiian (laughs) shirts and (laughs) exactly you know enjoyed pina coladas who doesn't and dancing in the rain So after some uh, quick Googling, because I forgot what this TV show is called. It's called Upload. Has anybody seen oh, this? I have heard of it. I have not watched it. You I have am... to watch it. It's very interesting. So in a short description, it is a series about if you are you know, wheelchair bound or if you're bedridden or if you get into a car accident or something before your brain loses necessary connection before you pass away so what they can do is they like take you into an emergency room and they can upload your mind to quote unquote the cloud and this is more for wealthy people so the more money you have the better experience that you're going to have in this afterlife world Um, it's similar to like a retirement home kind of um, and it's called lakeview this retirement home in this cloud and, but what's scary about it is they're basing it on the war or on the year 2023 or I'm, I'm sorry, 2033, but which is still close, but it's kind of scary that this is a movie. This is kind of 
similar of what we're talking about. But if anybody gets the chance to watch it, it is very, very good. I've seen a lot of funny clips from it. It's supposed to be like a sci-fi comedy. It is it is funny, it is good, but it also makes you think <clears throat> about the possibility of this. Is, is anybody familiar with the term predictive programming? Yes. It's I'm sorry. I I stand in complete defiance of that. Like that just is not natural and I I probably go ahead and make all the old age jokes you want. I feel that whenever you th- see things like that pop up in media, they're making it normal. They're normalizing it with predictive programming. I mean, look yeah. at if you, for example, the one that always comes to mind that is like synonymous with this term is the number of depictions of the twin towers following that we ex- mm-hmm. falling that we experienced in media. And so, it doesn't surprise me that there's a TV show about this. It's it's normalizing something that, quite frankly, I don't think. Sh- it's it's almost as if let's put a movie out about this let's put a series out about this let's get some feedback but also kind of plant it in their brains yes so it's less shocking whenever the day it's unraveled or unveiled it's like oh wait this is our somehow familiar and then somebody may not cognitively remember watching upload but they did and it's in the back of their mind prime them for it yeah that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I am uh, I'm nervous about it all. But Tiff, you did have some tech stuff that you wanted to go over with us. So before we fall too down this rabbit too far down this rabbit hole, uh, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back, and we'll go over what you have for us in the world of tech. Awesome. Internet privacy and internet security are two very hot button issues. Any active user of the internet understands that you are always taking a risk, whether it be your private Wi-Fi at home or a public Wi-Fi connection, you are always at risk for somebody potentially hacking and breaching your data. That's why we here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds have partnered with NordVPN. We believe the services that they offer are of tremendous value. We believe they have a customer-focused service regarding your internet security and your internet privacy, and we support them 100%. If you click the link in the description box below, you can see the services that we are able to offer to our listeners through NordVPN at somewhat of a discount in order to better secure your internet experience. Help us support the show and support NordVPN and the incredible work that they're doing by clicking that link down below. And we're back. So Tiff, you had some tech updates you wanted to share with uh, the group. So go ahead and tell us what's up. So my thing that I am super into and could talk about forever is uh, tech. So more so for tech for creative. So cameras, and like softwares and stuff that I use for editing uh, when I'm kind of doing my thing. My most recent purchase I'm really excited about, and I've been kind of glued to YouTube and everything researching this particular thing for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks now. So I just bought a drone. I'm really excited about it. Nice. 
I did. Um, it was an impulse thing. I was on a lunch break, and that was probably one of the most expensive lunch breaks that I've had. <laughs> uh, so after doing a bunch of research, I purchased one. Uh, you don't just buy a drone and then start flying it around. So after further investigation, plenty of YouTube videos later, people are getting fined for flying these things. Did anybody else know this? Or no. So, so you have real, to be... Hilarious. I'm sorry, go ahead. Real quick, my dad actually uh, traded a Jeep hardtop for a drone. I was saving this for when you talked about it. He got one of the Phantom drones, and before he could oh. even fly it, he had to register it, mm-hmm. register it through his phone and wait for them to give him permission to fly it. What I found out, though, is... So you can fly these things recreationally, and it's not a big deal. You still have to register it, but you can fly it recreationally. There's not really anything involved. You just go online. You pay like $5 for registration. Well, if I'm going to use it for videos or photography and upload any sort of footage anywhere, you have to have a license to do so. So you have to take a test, and you have to get a license, and you have to be certified to do this. So I'm in the process of doing that right now. It's actually really interesting, but I didn't know this ahead of time. So, can, I, can I ask you how much is it costing to get your license? Yes. So the prep course itself, so just the material to learn off of is about $300, maybe a little over. Then there is, and I'm still new to this, so I might be missing something. Um, it might also be something somewhere because i'm still trying to figure out how much this is going to cost kind of going down the chain of command as to what i need to do to fly this and not get in trouble so there's 300 ish dollars for just like the the prepping for the test and then there is another charge for taking the test so you have to you this isn't something you can take online you have to go to a testing facility so like an airport or something and take this test that is about 160 dollars for the test and then from there you get your license. And then every year you have oh, and then you have to pay another five dollars to register it. So that doesn't include registering it. So five dollars, whatever. And then every two years I have to re-register this again and take the test again. Ugh. It's kind of a lot. <laughs> it's 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 kind of overwhelming. Um so I did start the prep course for it. There's a lot of things that I've learned. There is a lot of things that you have to know for the test that you might, you're kind of going to use when you're flying it. You might not. Like, I have to learn how to read, um, I might be pronouncing this wrong because I'm still new, uh, Martar, like, weather coding. Oh. So it's like a st- if if I would send you guys a picture of what this looks like, it's like a string of letters and numbers and slashes and dashes and hyphens and stuff. And these guys read it and they're like, "Oh, it's going to be overcast and slightly rainy on this day and from between this time and this time." But it looks absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it looks like hieroglyphics to me. So learning that, and then you have to fly so far away from the ground, and then you have to worry about like so far away from sea level if you're anywhere where like if i would go to the beach and do it so the ground level and then sea level and then you're not allowed to be any more than 400 feet in the air but you are if you're flying above a building 
and the building is now the floor and you're allowed to fly 400 feet above the building, but you have to be 500 feet below clouds. And then horizontally from a cloud, you have to be 2000 at minimum feet away from a cloud. So there's so many things that you have to learn for this test. And so far I'm overwhelmed, but I have learned a lot. If that doesn't sound like government overreach, I don't know what is. <laughs> that is I, absolutely insane. I know, but you know, I, I realize why they do it. So with these drones, they're you know monitored by GPS. So if I lose it, so if it goes flying away somehow, when a gust of wind would take it, um, I'm able to find it based off of coordinates that it drops when it hits the ground. Okay. If I if it were to go out of my sight, but I know it's still in the air, there's a button on my controller where I can hit return home. And it knows exactly where it took off. So it flies itself back to me. So with that, because it's working off of satellite and GPS and everything, it's it can be monitored by actual aircrafts. So I realize why they do it for the safety of not only me, but the safety of airplanes. And, you know, if this thing would take off with the propellers, like there's so many feet you can fly it around people because of rotating parts and you can't fly over people. You can fly beside people. So like there, there is a lot of things I realize why it's because of safety, you know, terrorism, things like that. But it is a lot for just little old me that's trying to take a picture. Of <laughs> like a picture of the sunset. And I'm like, I am now a UAC FAA certified pilot. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. That's, That's quite crazy. a brag to have right there. Uh, FACC certified. How? <laughs> Who else knows as much tech as her? <laughs> well, so that's just the one thing. But like going on to other things, that was just like my most recent thing is um, like really into computers and iPad, like anything where I can use to create something. So I'm into all of that stuff. So I'm always looking for like, what's the next thing that I can do to create something that's going to be like next level or something that's totally different from what, you know, somebody else is doing. So I really enjoy all of that computers and, and everything. So people are uh, the listen to this show are probably familiar with us talking about your video videography work. What editing software do you use? So I use final cut pro. Okay. I love Final Cut. Um, I've tried the, so I have the Adobe Creative Suite also, and I've tried um, Adobe Premiere. I wasn't, it was okay. I wasn't a huge fan of that, but Final Cut Pro has been my, I really, really like that. Um, and then with that too, if I'm doing something for a business where I need to input like logos or anything, then I use the Creative Suite for that too. But what's really cool is I just got an iPad Pro mm -hmm. so I can use my Apple Pencil to like redo logos and, you know, draw stuff and I can like write on videos. So there's different things that I can do now that I wasn't able to do before. So I kind of have this like whole new setup. That's exciting. That, that is. I, my stepmom uh, does some designs with the Apple Pen and it can get pretty accurate. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So what would be your, if somebody is creatively interested and they are looking to get their first start. What would be your top three things to tell somebody who is looking to get started in doing something similar or they're in their vein of what you're doing? First three purchases. Honestly, my first three purchases would not be what you would expect. So as far as cameras and equipment and everything like that goes, I 
I genuinely don't feel like to start out, you have to have the best of the best of everything. So you don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars on a new computer and an iPad and a camera and a drone and all this other stuff. With the way that our phones are right now, you can create so much just from your phone. Also, the cameras are very good quality on those. Um, but the Adobe Creative Suite, so like Photoshop, <clears throat> excuse me, Photoshop, Illustrator, uh, those things are so much that you can create from there also. And then two, another big thing that'll help, and this isn't really a product that you have to purchase, doing research on YouTube to like learn how to do new things with what you have already is huge. So there's a lot of stuff for me going to school and just experience and learning new things and, you know, actually taking classes on these things that I've paid for. There's still stuff here and there that, you know, there may be a certain look that I'm looking for in a photo or how can I do this with this video? I know what I you know, want to do, but I'm not sure exactly how to do it. You can look this stuff up online and there's a tutorial somewhere to teach you how to do it. So that's kind of the beauty of the internet and, you know, the power that we have on our phones. There's actually a couple projects that I did with my phone before I started to upgrade equipment because I wanted to see what I was able to do with the phone. <laughs> Very cool. So basically your advice is don't go all out all at the first jump. Right. Yeah. Right. Find what works best for you as well, I'd assume. Because yeah. yeah, not everything that works for you is going to work for me or Steve or Dylan. Right. right. I'll be honest. I, uh, I don't think I ever used anything besides like my phone for my TikToks. Yeah. Like that was all done on my phone. And the only thing I really use my computer for is probably YouTube. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, it is interesting the power that our phones actually have in the yes. creative process. Yeah. And that's like another tech thing for me too is, you know, I really like maybe controversial, but I really like the iPhone. So with the power, don't laugh at me. I hear that. <laughs> the, the power that's in your phone with, you know, the way that, I mean, e even just regardless of whether it's an iPhone or not, the technology that's in our phones right now with, you know, there, we have um, the ability to say, do, what is it? VR, AR, on our phones now? AR. That part I'm yeah. not 100% with. Augmented it's all like reality. cameras and stuff for me. Yes, yes, yes. So you can do stuff like that and you can take photos. There's, and you can do video. Like my phone shoots in 4K. That's really, really cool. So there's a lot of stuff that you can create to kind of get started and like dip your toes in without saying, okay, well, I got to go pull out a loan to go buy all of these <laughs> things to maybe not like them, you know? Yeah. And most Apple phones, uh, you can do 3D pictures with them as well, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of tech at our fingertips that I don't think everyone is aware of. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, does anybody have anything else to add on the tech side before oh, we flip I... over to Gord? Oh, my tech is about me, so. <laughs> well, have at it, buddy. Um... I, I, I've been, you know, I, I, I was lucky and got my tax return early, very early, like February hit, it was in my bank account, I was a happy kid, I, and then I spent it immediately, because I am a very impulse buyer, and so I finally bought myself a PC, and um, the processing didn't go through the first time on my end, so I would try to buy it again. And then my bank called me telling me someone tried to spend over five grand on laptop or desktops. <laughs> that I, I didn't have that much money in my account to just freely spend in one day. Uh, mm -hmm. 
So I had a fun adventure of figuring out what the heck happened. And I just look- I just ended up buying I tried buying the same computer on two different accounts and didn't realize that it went through both times. So I I was in some hot water there a couple of days ago before I the got look, it fixed. The look on your face was was um not one of content. Let's put it that way. Oh, I was so so I've been I I uh, upgraded the one I bought to uh, get a 3060 in it and a bunch of other things. So the price came out to a pretty pretty penny. Um under two grand, I'll put say that at most. Um, and so two two purchases around there. One of them getting emails from one but not the other telling me that it can't go through because my account balance is zero. And it, it was a very stressful time for me. In... And more on the tech side, I was looking through my stuff and everything that it was coming with. And there, there instead of Windows 10 like I thought I ordered, it it's coming with Windows 11. Ooh. No, that's yucky. Gross. Don't don't say ooh. Oh, that's yucky. I don't, Windows I don't know 11. anything about it. So everyone um, – Windows is great. Uh, um, a, a lot of fun stuff when it comes to Windows – but every time they update their systems, they tend to move everything for no reason. Everything just changes. It moves. It does something weird. And Windows 11 is no different. And it, everything moved. Everything looks different. The one time I used it, I hated it. And I, I'm really upset that um, it's coming with that. But, I mean, I, it's coming with a free mouse and gaming keyboard. So, I mean... There you go. You get some and you take and you have to give some. Uh, coming with a two one terabyte of storage as well, so I'll be able to hold like five games nowadays. Yeah, or, if, or one Call of Duty update. I was just about to say, or if you play Call of Duty Vanguard, that was a thousand gigabytes to download. I could hold one game. I had to uninstall it because of that. <laughs> oh, I cannot believe that it. It is a literal terabyte for a game that wasn't even completed, and they do it on purpose. They inflate the file sizes so that way you only play their game and no one else's. That's and why they get deleted. <laughs> and, and, and it's bullshit. And the game wasn't even good this time around. The game had so much wrong with it and so much that needed fixed. It, it was insane. And so it, it ended up getting... Uh, I think of a lot of people who downloaded deleted it very shortly after they found out how much space it was taking up on their computers or Xboxes or Playstations, whatever you fancy. Or all three if you're balling. <laughs> no. No? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, and, and the reason I upgraded my computer to a 3060 is uh, mostly so I could play Minecraft with shaders that are going to blow up my computer. And other and the other reason is so it's VR ready because I love playing my VR games and, um, you know, if it's if I have the headset and everything and I just need a computer to play better games, 
I have like five bought that I can't play because my laptops don't really support that kind of gameplay at less or at more than one frame a second. So those VR headsets are super cool. They are super cool. I I have an I... Oculus. Oh yes, I've heard about those. It... I've played one at um, the local place that has that as an option that you can do when you go there, mm -hmm. and it is super super neat. And they, um, I actually just found out today they make them for the drones. You can fly around with that yeah. on your head. Uh, first person like... view. I when yes. I was when I was looking at getting drones a while ago, I was looking into that and. To say to get a good first person camera, you need to be spending as much as you spent on your drone mm -hmm. around, um, you know, a lot five or six macaroos. Yeah. And anything over anything a hundred dollars and over is good and will work well. Anything under a hundred dollars for first person views for drones, um, it's just not worth your money. It is yeah. garbage. The range on them is garbage. Mm -hmm. it, it's better just to be able to spend it if you have the money to spend it or just wait and do two separate purchases. Right. I might get one once I have my license and everything and I'm ready to fly. I, I, that's all I want to do is fly this thing. I just want to see what a bird sees. That's it. it but I'm also yeah. afraid of heights. So I don't know if that like, is this like an oxymoron? It will I'm throw you of off. Yeah. <laughs> I know when I first threw my uh, Oculus on and was moving around in the game, I think I fell over three or four times because my body was just like, okay, what's, what are you doing here? You, you, I yeah. see movement, but you're not – you're staying in one spot. Yes. The vertigo, I think it's called, in, uh, kicked in, and it was not a fun time. <laughs> That's funny to hear because um, when – uh, Drew got his VR headset. Both me and him were perfectly fine in it. We stuck my dad in it, and never really seen his knees give out. But whatever thing we ran him through, he was like standing on the edge of a cliff overlooking like a city. So it was like you were really high up. He said, "Someone catch me!" And then his knees gave out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He was like, "Yep, I don't like that." The first time I played VR, it was Beat Saber, and I fell over. Beat Saber's a great game. It's yeah. a really fun game. Luckily enough, the headset I was wearing had noise-canceling headphones, so I couldn't hear everybody laughing at me. So yeah. it was great. That was I... the first one that I did, too. And it was with zombies, and it, I was maybe two minutes in. And I don't even think I was two minutes in, and I had to take it off and embarrass myself in front of, like, a 20 young girl maybe a 20 year old girl <laughs> she's like you couldn't handle it and i was like no <laughs> yeah but you could still beat her up i mean what no friendship no. friend we're only friends here i am not saying this this is not being said currently anyone listening you did not hear this but there is definitely a way for at least oculus to jailbreak beat saber to give you all the games for free you just cannot share the game with another person at that point like on Oculus, I can put my account on someone else's Oculus and they'll have access to all my games. It's kind of how they're trying to get the Oculus to to be a big thing is being able to share games with one person at a time. But still, you you don't have to buy every single game. If someone has a game you want, 
their accounts on your thing, you can download it. And it, it's awfully convenient. So if you were to jailbreak Beat Saber, you just couldn't play multiplayer or share with other people. It's really cool that you but can do that. Then you're not spending almost $100 on all the extra song packs that come with Beat Saber. Because, <laughs> my lord, it is there's so many. So, two things about VR that I want to touch on real quick, if I can. My first experience with the VR was, at one point in time, Tiffany and I worked for the same company. And we had, and I wonder if you remember this, Tiff. Yes, I know what we, you're talking about. <laughs> we had a virtual reality, like, what would you even call that? Because it was like a roller like coaster. Like a roller coaster? It was brought in as part of our entertainment for the night. And uh, a good friend, I think a good friend of Tiff's as well, Mom Les, won't use her full name. <laughs> Her and I had a couple uh, cocktails and decided we were going to go on the VR roller coaster. And there's a TikTok on, I have a TikTok of it. And it's basically her squeezing the life out of my hand and screaming at the top of her lungs. And me trying to hold both of our phones in my lap while she's screaming and carrying on. It was a good first introduction to VR, I have to yeah. say. Um, but my second question is, can somebody explain to me what is going on I've listened to podcasts about it, and I don't quite follow. So I understand the Oculus. I understand the games. I've had, I've played at people's houses or what have you. What is the metaverse compared to just playing on an Oculus? Um, the metaverse is, is, I think, if I – Dylan can probably correct me on this. I'm pretty sure the metaverse, since Oculus is owned by Facebook, Facebook, I call – I think another name for their – universe is meta or whatever yeah um it is essentially their universe that is oculus that is the metaverse the stuff they the, the some apps you can download where you're mixing and mingling with people mm-hmm. in the metaverse instead i've in, watched youtube videos on this that's what it seems i'm pretty sure it's oculus's version of just like group chats in VR to dumb it down a lot, right. if if I'm correct, because Meta, Facebook, and Oculus all part of the same thing. The Metaverse is just Oculus trying to uh, win out the competition, but we all saw what happened to the stocks, and we're not going to go any further than that with that conversation. Uh, are they are they in trouble? Oh yeah, Facebook's in huge trouble. That's Facebook right. stocks dropped like twenty five percent overnight. It's why? what they it's what they deserve. I don't know why. I just know what happened in that I would buy some if uh I had any hope that it would go back up. But I doubt it will. Um God, that like we could do a whole other episode <laughs> that's um, another episode yeah but i do want to um, say before we hop to your next topic i'm reading over my motherboard and um just realized that i will have access to wi-fi 6 to this motherboard when it comes out i'm so proud of you it, it is capable for wi-fi 6 and um eric i just put all my stats in the conference room for you to look at i see that thank you i, I hope you enjoy <laughs> um i i i'm really excited about this i really hope it shows up soon Looking good. <laughs> Intel i5. Not bad. 
I would have went more, but it would have increased the uh, price from what I'm going to put in the chat now up to like another $500. Yeah, we can get more into this in the computer episode, but yeah, processors, <laughs> people are so ridiculous about processors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just the- like Intel because it handles multiple tabs at once, and if anyone has seen my tabs... I have like I hate 100 it. open at once, so Intel is going to be a, a game changer for me. <laughs> I think it gave me an aneurysm when I saw that screen. I'll have to show it you it now. It, it's gotten better. No, it's no, better. no. No, no, no. I've, I've clumped all the tabs together using Google's um, group tabs ability, so now they're more organized. But they're still there. But they're still there. Yes, because I can't delete them because I, it's for research for the podcast. Yeah, there is a thing called the favorites tab. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> you can bookmark that. Yeah, never. Or I just never delete the tab, and never shut my computer off so it doesn't delete them. Oh, I think I just heard Eric having an aneurysm that time. I was just saying, <laughs> Eric's quiet, too quiet. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm trying not to sweat to death and burst into flames. What happens when you wear Hawaiian hard. shirts? It's I'm not, not wearing a Hawaiian bad. shirt today. I just can't. <laughs> it's not that bad. Your truth broke, comes out. You broke your contract, Eric. I'm wearing a Stark <laughs> Industries shirt right now, so. Okay. Yeah, and that would be better with a Hawaiian shirt covered in Iron Man. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna have to find the Hawaiian Iron Man shirt now. Well, if you get fired when you break contract, I know a uh, restaurant that's hiring. <laughs> I know a, a restaurant that's much hiring. Better too. job. <laughs> um, half of our podcast one is just gonna be going to like different Goodwills and trying to find Eric comic book <laughs> and video game related Hawaiian shirts. Just Hawaiian shirts in general. Yeah, it's it's a brand. I'm telling you, when you start Twitch streaming, that's like going to be your whole like theme, your gimmick. Yeah, first He's it was Wi-Fi Hawaiian. First it was girls in um hot tubs, and and now it's going to be Eric in Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the mashup episode of this. I might be in trouble for that, but oh my. Well, I think now's a good time to take a quick break, and we will be right back with two more topics and wrapping it up. Our last two sponsors of the day are Audible and CodeMonkey. Audible is a wonderful application in which you are able to combine your love of audiobooks and your love of podcasts all in one streamlined place. I have been using Audible for about two months now, and I have to say, the experience has been tremendous. I have found that being somebody that's constantly on the go, having one generalized place to find all of my entertainment, whether I'm traveling in the car or listening at work, it has really made my life a little bit easier because I can find everything I'm looking for in one spot and I'm never missing out. I'm staying on top of current things, current events with my podcasts, and I'm making progress on the books that I want to read. We here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds are proud to offer you a 30-day trial with a free credit. All you have to do is click the link in the description box below and you can sign up now and try it for yourself. 
Let us know what you think because we're pretty proud of this program. CodeMonkey is a very important application. We all know that children are the future and CodeMonkey is taking that very seriously. With programs for both parents and teachers, this is a fun, interactive way for children to learn coding while gaming. Yes, you heard that right, coding. Teach them young and help them prepare for their future careers in this ever-changing technology environment. CodeMonkey is first in its class in its fun and educational software. We would love for you to give it a try. The link for the description the link for it will be in the description box below, and please let us know what you think. I am extremely proud to work with them because I believe that they have a very similar vision that I, I and my co-host share. Children are the future, and we need to educate them and get them better prepared for the job market ahead. With that being said, thank you Audible and thank you Code Monkey for making this podcast possible. And we're back. Let's talk real quick while we have the chance. I want to discuss comic books translating to TV to translating to movies. And I want to see if you guys have noticed a pattern. Um, I am a 90s comic book kid, and I love the animated adaptions that we got when we were younger. Uh, X-Men, Batman, Spider-Man. Most of the movies have been good, but some of them have been flops. So... What is everybody's opinion on source material, meaning like original comic books, compared to these studios taking their own liberties, so to speak? I have found that it can be successful, but there have been instances like take what's happening with the DC extended universe. Not translating so hot. What's your guys' hot take on source material versus rewriting for new cinema and new universes. So, certain people have managed to do it correctly and others have just fallen into a burning pile of fire. It's not so much comic books that come to mind for me, but it's like just movies that were once books and then translated into movies is a big thing. But I also know companies only have so much power and say fully in what they can take from a book or a comic book and translate it over. And then there are just some things that don't translate right for the common viewer. Because the movie isn't for the avid fan like yourself, Steven. The movie is for the general population. They should read the damn comic books. <laughs> Pretty much. Read the book, read the comic book. Hand them out at the beginning of the movie, or like, you know, when you buy your pre-sale ticket, send them a comic book. <laughs> like a program. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's like pamphlets. We'll do pamphlets. They can yeah. do short outlines. That's what I'm saying. Eric, what's your thoughts on the whole source material versus new material? Well, I'm, <clears throat> I would consider myself to be more of a mainstreamer. Uh, like, I haven't read any comic books, mostly because I'm not super great at reading so that the whole literary world of comic books has been lost on me so going into a movie i don't know this the comic book backing to it so i find a lot of these x-men movies the dc movies to be rather good but then everybody's like oh you should definitely read the comic books it's so much better and i was like well yeah I, I guarantee that because like what they did with the hobbit it was a complete 
murder of the books, but if you go into these as a standalone uh, cinematic adventure, they're they're gonna hold their own weight just in that. Uh, like a, a book series that I'm really into, it's the Expanse series. The books are awesome. The show being copied over from the book sucks really hard. I thought they got all the characters wrong. But as a standalone cinematic adventure, they're pretty good. But it's you have to you have to take them as their own thing. You you can't go in and be thinking that this X-Men movie should be exactly like this X-Men series of comic books. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it doesn't trans. Some stuff doesn't translate over well, and they have to figure out a way to do it. Uh, but you know, I'm sure I'd like the X Men comic books just as well as I would like the X Men movies, which I thought the X Men movies are pretty good in their own right. Because, like I said, I never read the comic books, so yeah. Well, you're right, and maybe I am being a little bit too brutish on this topic. I'm, I can see, like Dylan said, it is for the general consumer. And maybe I need to stop gatekeeping the stories in the comic books. So it's a fair assessment. No, die on that hill, dude. Are we pulling Steven off his hill? I think this is the first time you guys have successfully pulled me off the hill. Ah, damn. I, yeah, I get it. I, I think I'm You're a little spoiled. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'd have five of you right now, Eric, but um, I think kind of far away. Where my, where my mindset started was the 90s X-Men show, they made it their mission to accurately adapt as many comic book runs as they could. And so, for me, maybe that's where my sense of entitlement, quote-unquote, comes from, is like getting to see that perfect translation because that's what they were designed to do. That's not necessarily what the movies are. And so maybe that's where I need to cut it off and be like, that was a good part. They did very well on that, and not everything has to be just like that. Yeah, that's all I got. My rants are over. Did I just completely break down your entire... That's what I feel like we did. I am so sorry. Oh, no. it's no. I I think you're right. I was on the wrong side of that one. Well, I mean, we, we talked about it before with the Star Wars stuff, is... Whenever they made the last three Star Wars movies, how much of brand expectation was there to perform at a certain level? As opposed, I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but you know, how much did you want to see the Star Wars of your youth as opposed to what they created in the Star Wars of the new? It, you know, it's it's seeing the balance of they have to take inspiration from the source but they're also trying to do something new with it, so avid fans like yourself, Steven, just don't sit there and go, I know what's about to happen. You're actually intrigued and drawn in. It's not a sense of old feelings, but it's supposed to be a sense of new feelings when you go see a movie. Yeah. It's supposed to be an inspiration and not a memory. And I'm going to give you a good example, Dylan, that probably keys into your point. The Days of Future Past X-Men movie. That was probably one of my favorite storylines in the comic books. Um, and they switched it up. They, uh, the character that sends Wolverine into the past is different. It was like really unexpected. But 
I will say that is one movie where they changed a lot, but I fully enjoyed it. So I'm getting okay. All right, maybe that's not my hill. We'll call it a mound. It was just a little mound, like like an ant hill. I was on, and then Eric took the hose to it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, it's like a shield wall versus a catapult. We know that's, who wins. Hey, that's the whole point of multi-topic. That's the whole point. So banned from the server. <laughs> no, you're not getting banned from anywhere. Dylan, do you want to bring us home with your topics? I'm curious what's going on in your tea world. Oh, sure. So, um, <clears throat> for my topic today, I have pretty much two different ones. I have a monthly tea subscription. I do. I actually have like two of them, but one of them sends me. Two teas from a different country every month. And this month I got some, or it was either this month or last month, I don't remember. I got a tea from Kenya called Purple Leaf. Now, for anyone who's a fan of tea and stuff like that, you're probably thinking, there's really not any purple teas. You go from your white tea, your green tea, your oolong, into your black teas and stuff like that. Well, this is actually a. It used to be, uh, having done some more research and stuff like that, it's actually a mutation of the tea leaf. Like, it still comes from your traditional tea plant, the uh, Camella sinensis, like all your other teas. But it was actually a wild mutation that a few farmers decided to take and run with. Because it takes the best parts of black tea and the best parts of green tea and puts them together. It's grown at a slightly higher elevation, around uh, 4,500 to 7,500 feet. Um, this one that I got was kind of grown in the Nandi Hills region of Kenya. Not quite sure where that is. I think it's near the equator. And being that close to the equator, it's got a higher level of UV bombardment, which causes the plant to produce a very high level of antioxidants to help protect the leaves, which is also really good for whoever's drinking it. And because of the high altitude, there's no pesticides used on the tea that is being grown. Um, it takes the health benefits of your green tea and kind of mixes it with the caffeine level and the energy of your black teas. The one I tried, um, it had a very kind of... Um, dry woody taste that kind of finished off into like a light plum to a dry apricot and it was really nice not the greatest that i've had it's definitely an acquired taste and if you want something different to show your friends who are into teas or anything like that i would highly suggest it but um my actual topic is talking about the starting of a herbal tea garden to kind of grow your own teas and make your own blends um something i'm planning to do this year hopefully and looking at a list of things that i want to get main ones are like uh, chamomile it's great for calming effects it helps with uh people who don't sleep very well it's a really easy plant to grow it's nice and hardy for the most part you can start it inside and after your first uh, frost is over after the last frost is over sorry you can kind of roll right into planting it outside to wherever you want to put it sunny spots do best apparently but um 
got a nice uh i like mixing chamomile with mint which is another good plant wild mint has a really lighter taste compared to your spearmint or anything like that it's another one that you can start inside and then after your last frost move out a lot of these you can do that with but um next we go to like uh, lemon balm it's another calming one a lot of these herbal teas are good for calming it's really good for headaches it helps lower blood pressure so you know our restaurant workers here, you know, most of us probably have high blood pressure and stuff like that. So, <laughs> no, a lemon balm tea mixed with lavender. And if you don't sleep well at night, not calling anyone out, Gordon. Um, lavender tea with chamomile would probably be great for you. Just saying. I'm too lazy to make tea. I'm just going to, after this, it's you're going to go so make mac and cheese. And, and if you're looking for herbal tea, <laughs> Just mix it with your mac and cheese. Make something new. Look, you're thinking Same about it. Mix it, it with mac and cheese. It just did I stutter? My brain didn't recognize what you said because it's just too stupid to, you know, consider. Why would you? Why would I do that? That sounds disgusting. Called science. You're testing a theory. After you. I will actually. I will do that if I get time on Tuesday. I will post I'll it in bring, Discord. I'll bring a box of mac and cheese down with me. How about that? All right, that works. So, um, like if you're not a fan food. of the more floral things, like I named lavender, lemon balm, mint, chamomile, they all kind of have that. Um, best way I can put it for people is plant taste. The fancy f word for it is floral. I'm a personal fan of it, but if I gave Delaney something like that, she would spit it out and throw it at me. But if you want something <laughs> a little more flavor, something a little different, kind of eye-popping, hibiscus is a great one. It's a type of flower. It's really good for blood pressure as well. has a high source of vitamin C in it for your immune system. Fantastic for upset, upset stomachs, cramps, fevers, and sore throats. It's got a very strong kind of tangy flavor to it with a nice rich red color. I like to mix that with mint sometimes, so you kind of get that tangy, but you get that cooling, refreshingness with it, especially with, like, an iced tea. And surprisingly enough, I didn't know this, you can grow your own stevia plants. If you're one of those people who's trying to get away from sugar and stuff like that, you can grow your own stevia plant and brew it with your tea to add a bit of sweetness to it. And I didn't know that. Um... So we're going That's... to have a tea tasting soon. So like, I'm Yeah, I actually have a tea table tea. just for that. I want to do that. Well, I was going to say, I think, Tiff, you were around when we talked. Like, I'm hoping maybe around the season two finale, maybe part of what we can do is get together and like do an actual like tea. I believe you referred to it as a ceremony, Dylan. Is that proper? Like, well, yeah, that's um, so you have your Japanese tea ceremonies and your Chinese tea ceremonies are the most popular. I'm a fan of the Chinese style of brewing. It's my favorite. It's a little more um, hands on than Japanese brewing. Japanese brewing is a lot closer to like your European. Put the tea in the pot. You let it sit there for like five or six minutes or however long, however long you want to make the tea go for. Compared to your um, Chinese tea ceremony, a gong fu cha, you pretty much, it's like you're flash brewing the tea. You do it, brew the tea at a higher temperature, and you only brew it for maybe like 20 or 30 seconds before you're pouring little tasters for everyone. 
Ooh. And traditionally, you're supposed to finish your cup of tea in three sips. Is generally you got the first t- sip for the taste, the second one to kind of like feel it fully on your palate, and then the last one is to just finish it off and show respect for the tea and stuff like that. I'm I'm here for that. I really want to experience that. <clears throat> yes. Oh, I want to do it so bad. Well, my goal is that we can potentially do that as like part of the season two wrap up, and maybe like film some stuff. And I, I, I'll just I, have to make a Monday trip. That would be awesome. We should do a tea time at somebody's house. We'll put the mic in the center, and we'll just start recording. That would and be like, really fun. And maybe do it as like a YouTube for our yes. YouTube channel. I think that would yeah. be awesome. And, like, to properly, like, have Dylan, like, explain it and then, like, us experience it and react. I think that would be a really yeah. cool moment. I'm doing a thumbs up right now. I keep forgetting there's not cameras. Um, <laughs> terrible habit. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, Dylan, just curious question. So, what's your, I guess, what's the time frame of you? planting the tea garden to you essentially reaping the benefits of it like what's that look like so with your herbs and stuff like that i could never have the patience to actually grow my own camellia sinus tea plant for actual tea because it takes about three or four years before you can start harvesting leaves from that but with your herbs you want to harvest before they start to flower because once they flower, they've kind of let they've let go all of their nutrients and stuff like that. They're technically done growing at that point. They're carrying on for the next phase. Best time to do it, from what I'm reading and understanding, is um maybe a week or two before they want to flower. That way, you can dry them out. You can kind of conserve all of the flavor, nutrients, and stuff that the plant was storing in its leaves and stuff like that. Oh. Um, it's actually, it's not called drying, it's called withering. Apparently. So you kind of wither the plant to hold in all of its nutrients and stuff like that. That's interesting. So I'm really excited to learn more about it. I'm sorry I didn't have more to share. I just recently started looking into doing this and stuff like that. Well, I don't have much of a green thumb, so I don't know how well it's going to work. But I'm excited to try it. I I expect, I expect, okay, Gordon, you're getting weird with this whole thing. Um, I I would like regular updates, though, and I'm excited to see, like, this journey and, like, how, like, how it takes form for you. So if you can keep us updated, I would love that. That's what I'm hoping to do. Like, um, I actually just updated stuff in the my uh, tea room on our Discord. If you're not in it, you should join it. Um, so, like, Lizette's been updating her book of the month, what she's reading, what she's watching, and stuff like that. I'm going to start doing a tea of the week. Every Sunday night, I'm going to try to try at least one new tea. Do a review on it, share it, share my thoughts, kind of the tasting notes and stuff like that. Oh, I love that. Hopefully I can, um, I, I need to get out with you, Gordon, to see if I can, um, maybe have access to set up, like, polls and stuff like that for my channel. So I could, like, put up some teas to have people vote instead of doing it in the weird picture and thumbs up way. 
I'm, mm-hmm. work, I'm working on it. I'm trying my best. Okay. I don't well, yeah. understand it so, enough yet. But yeah. Definitely a good reason to join the Discord for sure. Oh yeah, you've got my tea room, you've got Lizette sharing books. We are always sharing things in the music thing. We've always got always have random memes and online quizzes. Oh. Yes. Always Absolutely. something going on. And then we have Tiff missing everything. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying real hard. <laughs> But when she is around, she does have some pretty good commentary and memes, I do have to say. Yeah. It's all acceptable. There's no pressure in the Discord server. Well, if that is everything, then I guess we can probably wrap today's episode up, unless anybody has anything else they want to share, or are we all good? I think that's it. We covered everything. Well, I want to thank all of you for being here today. I think this was a wonderful episode. I think we hit a wide range of topics, and... I cannot be happier. I love doing this show with you guys. You always make it fun and interesting. Uh, For those of you listening, thank you so much. Uh, The podcast is growing at a rate that I didn't expect, and that is 100% linked to you listening and supporting, liking, commenting, all of that good stuff. And I'm forever thankful. We are... uh, Linking all of our social media platforms down below, so please feel free to follow us, join the Discord server, join the subreddit, whatever platform you are the most comfortable with, we are probably on it. And uh, with that, I want to thank our sponsors. Without them, this show would not be possible. Um, Check them out, because when you support them, you're supporting the show. We have uh, a lot of wonderful things to offer, and I'm so thankful for that. We want to thank Anchor and we want to thank Spotify because without them, of course, they are what makes this show possible as well. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasy Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds. Mm-hmm.